a Lifetime original podcast. Sometimes I really feel like when I just do a lip no, with that's nothing what I'm else. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it feels very much like the phrase putting lipstick on a pig. No. It's like the tiny. No. Because it's, like, it's like I'm sweaty. I'm not feeling it. Hair is askew. Edges are unruly. And I'm like, girl, who you fooling? Well, you're. I would say you're fooling Zoom because I'm looking at you and it looks great. And you're Bless. fooling me. <laughs> well, thank God. I love a Lifetime movie. If you don't know nothing about Beyond Meat, you cannot be on this planet. Uh, Daughter's Plan to Kill is a damn writer's room bingo card. I was like, they're white, they're of a certain age, ACDC. Have we not all seen What About Bob? Real villain, teenage boy. And this is when I'm like, no, I am against this family. (laughs) I could not. I could not, you guys. I'd say ding dong, lifetime time. (laughs) We want you to be a part of this family. You don't care about me. I know that I'm messing up your perfect little world. And you know, I used to come here every summer and I would watch you. That should have been my life. You stole it from me. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparrigan, joined... By a woman who truly does it all. The one, the only, Megan Gailey. Megan, what a beautiful time to be together. Wow, jackdress of all trades, master of absolutely zero. Thrilled <laughs> to be here. How are you? It's hot in Los Angeles. A heat wave. I know, I can't function. I will say this. Can you tell I came from exercising? How is your um, workout journey? You know what? So, you know, I found this trainer and we start mm-hmm. working. And then I didn't talk to her for two weeks. She went through a personal matter, and then okay, you weren't ghosting talk. her. No, I wasn't ghosting okay. her. She was going through it. But mm-hmm. of course, in those two weeks, I could have maintained in a way. No, and I did not. I did not. There's ways to exercise without a professional telling you to keep at it, but I don't know how to do those ways. I don't. Well, no, and you thought you had a professional, which you do, but then she was on a vacation, or you know, she had something going on, and. So it's like, but that's why you sought professional assistance in the first place, because it's not possible for you. Right. So everything you're saying tracks and you are correct. Yeah. CJ went to, there's a new famous chicken tender joint that opened in Glendale, Raisin Canes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And CJ went yesterday and there's like, first of all, he got in a fight with the parking attendant. What? Yeah, because it's one of those places where it's like the line goes like down out the street. Oh, for the drive-thru. Right, right, right. And so it's like he hadn't pulled in exactly correctly. And it's like... One, I was like happy I wasn't there because it's like if CJ is brought to the point of fighting with a parking attendant, I would have been arrested. You know, like I just pop yeah. off way more than he does. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. yeah, it was like, well, I'm not going to Raisin Cane's because I'm going to try and eat healthy. And then I ate leftovers from the night before. And he goes, you know that that's not. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so as I've said publicly before, the myth of breastfeeding making you losing weight Who made it up? That's what I want to know. You are my enemy. You are my enemy. I mean, I haven't even breastfed, but even I felt like that doesn't sound right. I don't know how that could really be doing anything. They say it burns 500 calories a day. So to me, I go, okay, that's a soul cycle class. Hello, I'm soul cycling 75 times a day. But then you are obviously then eating more to fuel your body as you go on this journey. I don't even think I am. I don't even think I am. You need more energy. 
I mean, you literally have a full-time job, a 24-hour-a-day job now. So I'm just trying to drink water. I mean, I am having a chai latte every day, and it's like, that's probably not helping. <laughs> it's so good, though. And I go, it's without milk. It's healthy. You know, just like the things that we tell ourselves that it's like, oh, if I went on The Biggest Loser, they would pop that bubble immediately. I know. I know. I wish there was a workout show, I love The Biggest Loser, but for people who are not obese. Because like, to me, in a way, it's yeah. like, you know why? Because the change wouldn't be as dramatic. But I guarantee you the journey would be just as hard, if yeah. not harder. And I really would take that. I would jump on that. That would be the reality show yeah. I would be on. I was like, sure, yell at me and tell me what foods to eat. I'm like a month away. Like, if I could just keep it together for a month. And it's like, but I can't. And I don't want to. <laughs> and as we mentioned, it's a heat wave. So it's like, give me a slushy. We went to the movies and the line was too long when we were going into the movie. And I was mm -hmm. like, I can't wait. Nah, nah. You know, like... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And in the movie, there were slushies. And so then I was like, oh, I want a slushie. And so we got movie food on the way out. CJ, <laughs> CJ and I both got slushies. And then he got like a chocolate snack. And the guy oh. checking us out, he goes, what are you seeing? And we go, we've already seen it. <laughs> we're getting food to go. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is a new level unlocked. Yeah. I did not think that was possible. Or financially smart but oh, you know not. what <laughs> choosing to have movie food on the way out is like <laughs> wow 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 but you know what you did talk about barely keeping it together and i think that is perfect for this motion picture okay because nobody in this movie can keep it together and this movie i'm talking about is a daughter's plan to kill when katie and greg carlisle invited greg's estranged daughter samantha to live with them they had no idea they would be inviting jealousy, violence, and deceit into their home to wreak havoc on their perfect life. Ugh. Well, there it is. You know, I have trouble with these movies. And of course, there are layers and levels of this. But when I know exactly what the problem is up top. Yeah. In the title. In the title. And certainly the log line. I'm like, well, why do I have to watch it? Mm -hmm. I was like, just get to the point where she is found out. It's kind of the thing, but you know what? Obviously, there is a journey to go on, and Lord knows I have opinions, so we gotta get into it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. First, we start off with something that is very, it's evocative of Psycho Granny because we start with images of a scrapbook. And anonymous uh -huh. hands, placing pictures, crossing out faces. There's nothing I love more than crazy hands making a scrapbook. Yeah. That's just a baseline. We also see something that really piques my interest. Executive produced by Andy Cohen. Now, is that my Andy Cohen? <laughs> like, probably one of the most important people in my life, just based on the obsession I have with Bravo and all things Housewives and all the spinoffs, too. Like, and I'm not saying, like, all the franchises. I'm talking Below Deck, yeah, I, I, yeah, like, yeah. Southern Charm, Summer mm -hmm. House. Like, I, I'm watching it all. <laughs> and so I see that. And, and I know from 
like WGA and SAG rules that like you can't. That's why we have Michael B. Jordan. Right, 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 right. So it's like this must be Andy Cohen because there is no initial. The Andy Cohen. And in which case, I need to know why this was the one for him. You know, with all the lifetime titles, of all the lifetime opportunities, what was it? Here's my theory. I think he's friends with one of the actors. Mm. And the actors, at first, I go, their names are Matt Dallas, Claire Coffey. And initially, (laughs) I think, okay, they're aliases. These are people on the run. Yeah. Yes. But then when we see Claire Coffey, I was like, oh, that's why I know that name. She was on a fantasy procedural, yes, I said it, called Mm -hmm. Grimm. Six seasons on NBC. That had six seasons? Six, honey. And it was produced by Shauna Hayes from Will & Grace. Talk about secret gay men powerfully producing. Wow, I thought that was two seasons. And it's based on, like, Brothers Grimm. Yeah, because he's like a detective who finds out that he is a descendant of the Grimms, right? So now he can see all the fantastical evil all around him. He suddenly has the visions. And her name is Coffee Like the Drink? Yeah, her name is Claire Coffee Like the Bev. Wow. Okay. And she's blonde. Okay, are you yeah. dying? I really hope that this is her birth name and not a name she picked for, like, the guild, you know? But mm-hmm. speaking of, they kind of close in on a large picture in the scrapbook of a big house, and then we kind of fade into the house in real life. We love a cinematic moment. And it's a beautiful house. Well, come on now, naturally. And we see Claire Coffee. Okay, who is known as Kate in this movie, but honestly, just go with me. I will probably be calling her Claire Coffee at times, so just stay on board. And she is Kate. She is blonde. She is making breakfast. She is energetic. Yeah. And she's joined by her husband, Greg, and their teenage kids, daughter and son, named Lauren and Tommy. Morning, Dad. Hi. Morning, 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 sweetie. Thank you. Morning, son. Who, I'm going to say, look the same age as the mother. All right, mm-hmm. Lauren and Tommy, mm-hmm. identical. But we're also getting real just like Aryan perfection. Yeah. This is the family that sends out the Christmas card mm-hmm. that has like a whole other piece of the card that's like a written like, yes. Lauren is yep. volunteering in Zimbabwe and Tommy <laughs> has taken to water skiing and is trying out for the Olympic trial. Like just like a exactly. really yep. so perfect, so annoying. Yep. Super updates. However, I'm going to say this. The dad, the moment he opens his mouth, I'm off him. Honey, he sounds like he's doing a damn Rocky impression. (laughs) I mean, it's giving Stallone. It's giving drunk on the 4th of July. Listen to this just one sentence. I think it's so lucky. How did I get so lucky? It's like, (laughs) what? How did I get so lucky? I could not. I could not, you guys. We find out later that he's a surgeon. So it's like, (laughs) I hope he's sober. I mean, he's not doing it to me. It's just like, I can't. And I can't get past his voice, even though that's not the point of the scene. Okay? The point of the scene is that... That dad, Greg, is nervous about seeing his estranged daughter, Samantha. And basically what we gather is that he has not seen her in almost 20 years. Her mother cut him out of their lives when she was very little. And he has not seen her, which, you know, for me, first red flag. I'm going to tell you this, Megan. You know, as someone who was estranged from her father, Mm -hmm. I come into this immediately like, Greg ain't shit. Yes! Greg ain't shit. Okay. And that's the thing. So, like, the whole story is like she cut him out and it's like okay great well then you go to court and you exactly. get visitation rights thank like, you like 
That's not legal. And you're a surgeon. Thank you. I don't think you're a surgeon. Okay. You have money to fight this. You also probably know 75 lawyers. Thank you. You have a malpractice attorney. Like, if you haven't seen your daughter in 20 years and you are a white man with everything at your disposal, that's on you, Greg. Then after that, though, I don't blame his ex because when Katie is like, what do you think Samantha will want for dinner? He goes, she's vegetarian. So lettuce? And, you know, at this point, I'm just saying, babe, it is 2022. If you don't know nothing about Beyond Me, you cannot be on this planet. This is what I mean. Greg is dumb. Greg is simple. Greg is slurring. Yes, give us an eggplant parmesan. You know, give us a a mushroom that you make into a sandwich. Hello, portobello on the grill? Put a portobello in the grill? So they tell Lauren and Tommy, make sure you come home because they're going to be meeting their sister. So we cut to that night and ding dong, doorbell rings and Samantha's just there. And it's like, (laughs) who dropped her off? Like, there's not there's not a Lyft. There's not an Uber. There's not a taxi. There's not a Hagrid like showing up in the middle of the street. She has appeared out of thin air, which to me is very like it's hocus pocus level. Right. Multiple suitcases. Multiple. Okay. Where's the car? Exactly. Exactly. But also, I'm going to tell you this. You start with a wide shot where you see just how big and fancy this like little mini mansion is, you know, and you immediately know Samantha is different because she has brown hair and she looks about 37. (laughs) And what's crazy is that Samantha... Like, the family, they all greet her at the door. Literally, the door opens, and they're all standing there smiling. And I said, if I was Samantha, I would run. Get out! Cult vibes. This is cult vibes. Out. Absolutely. I was like, this is too much. So they sit down for dinner. And Naomi, I know sometimes you find issues with the dinner scenes. I found this to be a pretty natural, Mm -hmm, um, like mm -hmm. even the way that they were seated, like they had moved the chair so it wasn't just like four people at a table. Yes, yes, And they were chit-chatting. They were getting into the nitty gritty. And Samantha, you know, she's not like grilling them, but she's trying Mm. to, yeah, well, no, we know she is. But like she's playing it off a little bit better in the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. where she's trying to get to how Greg and Katie came to be this perfect couple. So take a listen to this. Well, how long have you guys been married? Uh, It'll be 19 years next month. Wow, 19 years. Congratulations. Thank Thank you. you. I guess it didn't take you long to start a new family after mom kicked you out. Okay, wow. I'm going to say this, honey. We've just finished chewing, and Sam is already here with the resentments. And again, this is where I, as a strange daughter, relate. I go, I mm-hmm. get why she is coming in with the resentments. Mm-hmm. I do think it's very bold to be coming to stay with someone and start fighting right out the gate. To me, I would have lulled them into a bit more comfort and then really gotten them to open up. All right? I'm going to say this. But... I also agree with you, though. You know, you said about this dinner scene. I'm going to tell you something about this. I think Claire Coffey elevates this whole film. Yeah. Claire Coffey brings us up. She lifts us up where we belong. That's what I'm going to say. And is that Andy Cohen's doing? We don't know. That's but true. the the production value on this film is high. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. the acting is really good, like, mm-hmm. across the board. And it's, even though we know from the title, as, as you said, what is basically going to happen, I really thought this movie was really good and it felt elevated. 
is yeah. the correct word. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Now, here is Naomi and I are going to disagree on this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be refreshing for the listeners because <laughs> we're always like, no, you girl are great. No, you girl are great. So I am team Samantha. Wow. And when Samantha is asking these questions, listen, she has not seen this man in 20 years. As we referenced, that is Greg's fault. And she shows up at this gorgeous house with this teeny tiny skinny blonde wife and these cute Lauren and Tommy kids. And yeah, she's got questions as she should. <laughs> and if they're not expecting that and if they're not ready to come honest and come correct to her, then she should kill them. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. Okay. That's wild. Because to me, this is my problem with that is that well, look, I'm going to get there because, you know, I got some damn problems with Greg's ass. And Greg <laughs> is the one to me. I said, you know what? Slit his throat. But listen. <laughs> so, Greg, after awkward dinner, Greg comes to Sam's room because, yes, she has her own room. This house is huge. And he tells her, he's like, Tomorrow night, my boss is throwing this little get-together for my work anniversary. He lives right next door. It's just nothing fancy. Some family, friends, and colleagues said that's harassment i would move can you imagine living next door to your boss that's not okay and like who moved there first you know like yeah. it almost yeah. uh, the as we see the boss is old so i'm guessing the boss lived there and greg moved in which right. is another knock on greg right like no sir exactly. that's like when the inspection happens and they're like well the house is sinking then you go oh i can't buy it exactly. that is on the level of my <laughs> boss lives next door because it's like naomi think if i live next door i'm not your boss i'm your subordinate if anything but i'm <laughs> i'm your co-worker slash subordinate i would be bothering you all the time <laughs> i'd say ding dong lifetime time <laughs> and i would welcome it i would welcome it quite honestly now This is the moment to point out, and earlier we do get the sense, Katie is a therapist, all right? And she is an M, she is a doctor. PhD. All right? Yeah. PhD. Greg is a surgeon, okay? MD. MD, PhD. Doctor, doctor. We got an MD, PhD in one house. They are thriving. They are damn near the 1%. Things are working out. But I also point this out because Katie is a therapist, and Katie is smart. Katie is direct. She is an effective communicator, okay? She is a dream wife. And Greg's ass over here slurring, making no damn sense, and ain't taking care of his kids. Okay? So, we cut to this work party, and for something he said was gonna be casual, there is a live band. So it's like, okay, we've already got wedding vibes. Exactly. There is a bartender. Yeah. There are there are past hors d'oeuvres. People are in cocktail slash black tie attire because Samantha is wearing what can only be described as a red caped romper. Yes, it is a red, like cocktail red short one yep. piece with a with a cape. Yep. And then I said, well, this is grim. We are now in grim because we've got Little Red Riding Hood here. Okay, wow. Thank you for echoing that. Thank you for that callback. You're correct. That is film analysis, people. This is what you get here. So at one point at this party, Samantha takes like a glass of Chardonnay and Katie (laughs) clocks it. And I was like, is Samantha supposed to be 15 or 35? Thank you. Because I was like. Oh, so me, like Katie seems like she doesn't want her drinking that, but she also doesn't say anything. Right, right, um, right. But Lauren and Tommy are not drinking. So I, at, at this point, we have not been told what age she is. And I'm really like, it's it's a wide range possibility. Well, this is the thing, because I immediately started doing math because based on that question at the dinner table, which is how long have you been married? 19 years. Put at least yeah. a year or two on top of that with dating. 
That will put Samantha at 21 at least. At a minimum. At minimum. And then we do find out that she is a student at Brown who has taken a semester off. So it's like, okay, so I think she is of legal drinking age. So she's she's legal, but it also changes some of this vibe to me. It changes some of the way she communicates and also not the way she can be actually the way Greg and everybody else regards her. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Okay. Samantha is a grown ass 40 year old divorcee drinking Chardonnay at the party. So I was just like, you're grown. So the boss gives a speech about how great it is to have Greg on staff. I'd uh, like to propose a toast. Dr. Greg Carlisle is the epitome of everything that St. Joseph's Hospital strives to be. And at this point, I'm like, he must be like a neurologist. He's got to be making a lot of money for mm-hmm, the hospital mm-hmm. because it's like, we don't Why care about, you know, party. like yeah. we, we are doing cardiac. We are doing brain. He right. is bringing in buco bucks because yeah. we have a string quartet here. And like, it seems tuna tartar. So he gives a speech and then does not mention Samantha. But then Greg gives a speech and also doesn't mention Samantha. And yes. so Samantha storms out. Of course, rightly so. So it's like, why don't you just say, and in addition, we've had the wonderful blessing of having my daughter, Samantha, recently join us. Like, it's very easy to slide her into the speech that it's like, yeah, she should be upset. Also, Katie, why do you give a damn if she's 35 years old that she's having a glass of Chardonnay? (laughs) But here's the thing, though. Katie is, and this is where, again, I'm team Katie, because Katie clocks it. Samantha storms out, okay, with that red cape blowing in the wind behind her as she walks back home. And Katie is like, Samantha, wait. He didn't mean it. He didn't even mention me. He didn't know. Look, this is a new situation for all of us, okay? We just need a chance to acclimate. It is all about your perfect family image. I just don't fit in. Of course you do. This is your family No, it's not. She tries to talk to Samantha, and Samantha pushes her off. And she's basically like, leave me alone. And to me, the way she pushes her off is our first kind of sign that it's like, oh, no, Samantha's not here to get along with y'all. She ain't here to have a chit-chatty, little, shiny, happy relationship, okay? She is bad, and she's here to tell you she's bad. And I say she's right. And guess what, Naomi? I hate Katie in this movie. (gasps) Hate her. What? I cannot stand the character. I find her to be so control freak. I think she's a bad therapist, which we'll get to. And I think that she is expecting of Samantha things that Samantha's not ready to give. Megan, I think you are off your rocker. I blame it on the hormones. I blame it on the 500 (laughs) calories a day that (laughs) breastfeeding is taking. Because obviously these are calories that your brain needs. Okay. This is insane. I'm going to say this. After the party, Greg's talking to Samantha, and she's nice to him, even though, you know, she had added to Katie. And she's like, I'll always be your favorite, right? And he says, you're my girl. And then they hug. And it's like, Greg is a manipulative liar. Mm-hmm. But we also have to deal with the fact that, let's think about this. These memories that they have of each other are from when she was like an infant to two years old at most. Which you don't have memories from. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. It's like, I could see him being attached to her, but I don't know about her being attached to him in as much as what does she even remember of him. And how is he that attached to her if he basically like, uh, and and I know they're blaming it on the mom, but it's like, you did not, you did not fight, Greg. And like, we get no like, well, and she lied to the judge. Yep. Like, it's like, yep. oh, he just basically like, 
washed his hands of her. How is that signaling that you're his favorite? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Because we keep hinting that mom is not well. And you can obviously assume then that Samantha didn't have the rich, comfy lifestyle that Greg made for his other kids. But you don't kind of know the details of that and sort of, quote unquote, not well. What does that mean? As you said, it's like, did she lie to the judge? Did she take Samantha away in the middle of the night and then change her name? Did she have mental illness? Like, what situation was Samantha raised in that Greg fully left her in? Because, Greg, you're a doctor, too. So if your ex is not well, you're just like, well, that's where my kid lives now. Like, excuse me? I know. I know. Uh, okay. So work party, a disaster. I, but the, I mean, good on Samantha. She doesn't make a scene. You know, she leaves. <laughs> She's like, I'm not throwing a fit in front of these rich people. I'm not giving them the satisfaction. So then we cut to the next morning. We see Samantha. She sneaks into Greg and Katie's bedroom and she's snooping around. She's looking through photos that are in sort of like a little jewelry box. Lifetime loves a jewelry box moment. <laughs> and then Katie walks in and Samantha's like, I I was just looking for something. Anything in particular? Yeah, do you have tape? Which is like, what? And this was like, Megan, you telling me Katie a control freak because some rando is in her bedroom? I'm going to tell you this. I grew up in a way children don't go in adults' bedrooms. You don't go into parents' bedrooms even as an adult. Certainly not a guest. Certainly not a random. I'm on Team Katie. I'm like, what are you doing in my bedroom? With the door closed behind you, looking through stuff. Girl, you know, why would there be tape? And this is what made me mad. Katie hands her tape from the bedside table. In what world is there tape in the damn bedside table? Are we crafting before bed? What kind of broke-ass bondage are you doing with some scotch tape? I blame Katie that Samantha even felt the need to go in the bedroom. Uh-uh, uh-uh, yes. you grasping, you grasping. Yes. Because, Katie, you're a therapist. How are you not able, like, you don't anticipate the needs of this person who's been raised by what we've been led to believe, a kook. (laughs) Okay, so what Samantha was in there, like, taking was a picture of Greg and Katie. Well, she took all of them. She took the whole set of pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That's also excessive. She starts ripping Katie out of them. (laughs) And I say, justified. Okay, so... Then later in the day, we're at Tommy's soccer game and we see that Lauren is flirting with this boy named Milo. Milo is hot. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we also learn from Lauren two pieces of information that I do think help sort of illustrate how I'm going to say terrible she is. (laughs) We open the scene with her going, I'm going to apply to 12 schools, three Ivy League. I'd love to go to Brown. That's where you go, right? And I'm like, shut up. Immediately, know, shut up, I Lauren. Know, I know. 12 She's colleges. real annoying. That's a waste of time. Like, yep. she is Patty Simcox to the nth degree. <laughs> and then, so she's a junior in high school. And then she tells Samantha, I mean, I've never really, like, been with a guy or anything. Oh, my God. Lauren, <laughs> grow up. Lauren has, like, a real, she's just, like, real teeth forward, really smiley. Because, like, from the beginning, she's like, so happy you're here, Samantha. Can't wait to be friends. And it's just very, like, Lauren, calm down. Like, she has a very thirsty, juvenile energy. That's her vibe. And she's 17. I know. Like, are we, and uh, as I'm watching Lauren throughout the film, I'm like, are we supposed to like Lauren? Because I despise her. (laughs) I don't know if 
we're supposed to like her, but she's supposed to be the sharp, sharp, sharpest contrast to Samantha. And it's so sharp that it drives me into the arms of Samantha. And like, I dislike Lauren so much that it makes me blame Katie again. Like, it's like, Katie, <sighs> this woman is cut from your cloth and she sucks. <laughs> Like, if we met a Lauren, we'd be like, get away. Because there's comedians that have this energy. You know, theater kid energy. That's real. Like, and what do we say, Naomi? We say, you are annoying. Please leave me alone. (laughs) But here's the thing, though, in that scene, though, the tidbit that I thought was interesting. So Samantha is a junior at Brown University, which I said, well, your mama couldn't be that bad if you got into Brown. Yeah. If that is true. You see what I'm saying? Because now I'm starting to question, you don't go to Brown. That's what I, I'm like, is that a lie? You don't go to Brown. But that's the thing. They set these things up, but they don't give us enough of the contrast. Because to me, I said, no way her ass go to Brown. Unless you get straight A's, which is not her vibe. No. Because she couldn't have afforded to go to Brown based on the way you've described her upbringing. No, maybe Brown County Community College. So after the game, all the kids are talking. Milo says he's applying to Notre Dame, which is not how you say the name of the school. That Uh is how you uh say the cathedral in Paris, Uh where Quasimodo lives. But I'm like, Milo, you're not going to get in if you don't know how to pronounce the school. You know, like, (laughs) so now I'm like, oh, my God, Milo's stupid. Well, of course. He's also kind of a, like, cocky, because basically what you see is, like, Milo goes over to talk to the girls. He likes Samantha. Samantha and Lauren, but he thinks Samantha's hot. And he's got, like, a real cocky energy. So that's so the fact that he's like both cocky and dumb is like, babe, I bet I need you to calm down. Well, then perfect for Notre Dame. But we find out when when Tommy is talking to his friend, we find out that mom was in the house when it burned down. More like exploding. Like I, I looked it up, man. It was nothing left by the time the fire department got there. But honey, if that's not classic lifetime, I was like, yeah, nobody's house just catches on fire with somebody inside unless somebody set the fire. That is lifetime. OK, that should go on the lifetime bingo card. The house burnt down. She Mm -hmm. died in a fire. Fires, Mm -hmm. honey. You know why fires are big too, Megan? Because fires, you erase the evidence. It's harder to get that evidence, honey, because things Mm -hmm. are charged to a crisp. And it's something easy that a kid can do. You know, it's an an accessible way to kill. You know, gas is expensive right now. So they're maybe not able to get a gas, like a big gas tank. But they're able to probably pour out some Jim Beam Uh and uh light a a match. And it's very visually, like, satisfying. We don't see this house fire, but, like, you know, the imagery we we feel. So Mom Katie is talking to Ryan, who is the soccer coach, handsome, tall black man. And Samantha, like, clocks this and is like, what's their deal? And Lauren's like, oh, they've, like, known each other for forever. So Samantha walks over and, you know, it's sort of this is her thing this she likes to grill people because we get the energy she brings to the dinner she asks invasive questions and tries to create drama okay she is truly the phrase a messy bitch who lives for drama she embodies that listen to this so how do you guys know each other oh well i i met katie when we were kids we grew up together did you date no No. uh, (laughs) just friends since what, eighth grade? No, no, it was seventh, remember? Because it was Mrs. Parker's. Yeah. <laughs> friends. My son Trevor and Tommy, they're on the team together. They've been best friends since what, elementary school? Oh, where's your wife? Samantha. It's okay. Uh, my wife died two years ago. Um, it was tough being alone with Trevor, but Katie uh, was really my rock during that time. And I'm as grateful to her and to your dad as I can be. So what else do you do besides coach soccer? I'm a mechanic. I have my own shop over on Brewer Street. That is so cool. I actually love cars. You should stop by sometime. 
Well, maybe Katie will take me. I can't stand her. She makes my skin crawl. Not me. I'm on her side. And when I saw this interaction, I was like, "Uh oh, Samantha's going to have sex with the soccer coach. And then I was <laughs> I like, that too. I was all in. I was like, yes, I girl, that too. go off. A mechanic soccer coach. Thank you. <laughs> but then when she's like, I love cars. And I'm just like, do you? That also should go on the Lifetime bingo card. Lifetime loves a girl that's like, I'm into cars. We've seen that like four times now. <laughs> I just like felt like, it's funny because you thought what you thought was that like she was going to get with Ryan. I thought it was going to be, I forget the name of the movie, but it's it might have been the design movie. The one where basically like the girl sneaks her underwear into a guy's pocket yeah. to then create the illusion that like he forced himself on me is like yeah, what she yeah, was trying yeah, yeah. to do. And that's what I thought Samantha was going to do. I was like, okay, she is going to like bring Ryan down. I think that was the foreign exchange movie where the girl was from Britain yes, and was like a yes, serial yes, killer yes, in the UK. Correct. <laughs> Deadly exchange. Yes, deadly <laughs> So then the next day, Greg brings home a car for Tommy. Brand new Subaru. For Tommy. And Samantha is pissed. She's like, where's my car, daddy? Where's my car, daddy? What? Like, Megan, don't you dare tell me this makes any kind of sense. You a damn fool if you think this 21-year-old being like, daddy, where's my car? It's like, I... first of all, ma'am, you just got here, Okay. Second of all, how long are you staying? I thought you had to go back to school any damn way. Step three, can you even drive? Do you have a DUI? We don't know your life. You think you're just coming up and getting a car? She kicks the trunk of Katie's car and storms off having a toddler tantrum. I thought you said I was special. Girl, bye. This, you know why, Maggie? Because this is some white girl nonsense. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it a is. White girl because when I see it, I go, Greg, you do owe her a car. Oh, How, is she God. less of your child than Tommy? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, Tommy got straight A's. OK, well, she goes to Brown, we think. So <laughs> we don't know if Greg has been paying child support. We do not know what gifts he's given her. Probably none because the I mom mean, wouldn't allow it. Yeah. The least he could do is get her a hand me down. Or say, okay, Tommy, now you share this car with Samantha. I think it doesn't make any sense. Why? Because he is their dad. He is all of their dads. Tommy got a car. Samantha deserves a car. And I also think that they are rubbing their lifestyle in her face. Like, it's like, we are perfect. Look, Tommy, you get... What do they think Samantha's reaction is going to be? That's awesome for Tommy. I guess I'll walk. No. Well, I think you don't kick the car and have a tantrum. Again, this is where her being 21 is the problem. If she was 15, if she was 16, mm -hmm. and was like, I got a license, can I get a car? I would get it. But her being damn near out of college and being like, kicking a car and running away, it's like, calm down. You could probably get a car if you just calm down. Like, if she was chill, and then she went to Greg and did it, was like, Dad, I'd love a car, too. He would have gotten it for her. He would have totally. Because Katie says, Katie was like, okay, our timing wasn't great, but we had already bought the car. So Katie knows. She's like, okay, like, the car was already bought. If we had, like, planned ahead, we wouldn't have done this. Not only now, but probably also not in front of her or something. But probably They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. But I'm like, you know, I can't take a temper tantrum from an adult. I can't take it, Megan. I said, she can totally have these things from surgeon and therapist. And also you said she's flaunting the lifestyle on their face. She has been fully invited in. She has her own full room. She wants for nothing. She's in, honey. She's in. 
Anyway, the next morning, Greg goes to work. But he before he leaves, he calls Katie Kitty Cat. Okay, I know. Another notch in the con column for him. Look, you know I have no problem with hating Greg. You know I think Greg is trash. Well, and but I, and I'm just saying we do need to blame some of Samantha's behavior on Greg and the fact that it sounds like she had a kooky mom. Okay, so <laughs> Greg goes to work. Katie's a therapist. She has a patient come over. And I said, no, no, we do not need to be seeing patients at our home. What is going on? That's a recipe for disaster on the therapist's part and on the patient's part. I'm going to say this, listeners, if any of you have ever had therapy session at a therapist's home, you got to call in. You got to let us know. You got to DM. You gotta yeah, tell is us this something. happening? Because I'm like, does this happen? Because maybe it does happen in s- suburban areas where, because, but also we're like, because you know how you see, or at least I would see this in New Jersey, where like the dentist's office is a house. And, like, the dentist maybe, like, lives in the back, but the office is in the front. Fine. Dental work is a lot different than seeking treatment for, like, mental illness. Can you I imagine? I being... actually don't like dental work in a house. It doesn't feel sterile No, to me. I don't either. But it's no one seeking dental health is like, I had my visions last night. Like, it's just, it's a lot uh-huh, to go. Uh-huh. And I listen, I'm in therapy. I'm not saying I'm, I, I love my therapist. But it's like, have we not all seen What About Bob? You know, have we not all seen what about Bob? You do not want Bob showing up at your Cape Cod house. That's true. That's true. That's true. I agree. I fully agree. I think it's not safe. It'll make no kind of sense. And we had this in another movie. This is uh, Daughter's Plan to Kill is a damn writer's room bingo card because (laughs) it's got all the hits. Just, yep. Oh, are you seeking mental treatment? Come on in. Welcome. Oh, my God. Why don't I hypnotize you? Because that's what they do. You remember the one where the man hypnotized his patient? Anyway, so Katie's client is a girl named Heather who, when the... Her session is over. She walks out and Samantha is, quote, sitting on the lawn in a lawn chair reading God knows what and acts like she and Heather are best friends. She's like, Heather, is that you? Samantha, I... It's been so long. Did you know each other? Well, we used to be friends until she disappeared on me. I gotta go. Well, it was nice to see you again. Heather, wait. Heather, Heather, talk to me. Heather. Heather, what do you need? Talk to me. What do you need? What is she doing here? Why would you have her here? Samantha? I can't can't be here anymore. I have to go. Wait, that's the Sam? So there's a line that tells you, okay, Heather has talked about this girl in some content. Yep. And this is why I get annoyed. it's not good. (laughs) The thread is never picked back up. Okay. What did Samantha do? What did Sam do? Also, this is another classic. Like, so Samantha lived in the same town the whole time, Greg? Thank you. Thank you. She was in this town. I had no idea that when she saw Heather that they were going to know each other. I was truly shocked because I was was like, oh, I thought Samantha came in from a different state. Exactly. And you're telling me she's just been at the same high school the whole time? Well, this is where you start. Again, this is again, I think it's a very good seed to plant, but it never bears fruit. All right. Yeah. They plant a seed, but they don't give it to us because then you're like, oh, okay, she's been around here doing stuff. But then right. they don't really explain it. But also, we should say, while they're in the therapy session before Heather comes out, Samantha goes into the garage and she cuts like a cord in Katie's car. Which seems important. It's like a thick one. She lifts up the hood. 
And she just like cut something really. And I was like, maybe she does know cars because she just really went in there and just cut something. Yeah, but I think you and I could lift a hood and cut something and do some damage. You know, it's like, give me some scissors (laughs) and I'll mess it up. Something else that is planted that is never fruited. The TV in the kitchen. I have 75 (laughs) questions about it. Okay, it seems to be that the TV in this kitchen is a built into the wall flat screen that then has crown molding around it. Mm -hmm, And it's not mm -hmm. in a part of the kitchen where you could be sitting and watching. It's just sort of like over and the it's it it's never on. It's not important to the movie at all. But every time we're in the kitchen, I'm like, what 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 is this design feature? <laughs> I did notice it. It made me laugh, but it okay. also to me, I just go, oh, this is a rich thing. But it's such a bizarre. I'm like, there must be a banquet that we're not seeing. Okay, <laughs> there must be a booth where the family can sit and have cereal and watch MSNBC. because, uh-huh, Or uh-huh, as my uh-huh. dad calls it, GMA3. Yesterday he <laughs> said to CJ, oh my gosh, on GMA3 this morning. And CJ goes, what is GMA3? And he goes, the third hour of Good Morning America. <laughs> like CJ was a damn boob. Like, duh. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Katie and Sam um, go to get lunch as they've planned, and they're going to go to, like, a lighthouse cafe. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want a lobster roll. Take me, gals. <laughs> and so as they're driving the Mercedes that Samantha kicked, it starts smoking. <laughs> Just, like, smoke <laughs> pouring out of it. Ugh, this can't be good. I honestly thought it was, like, kind of crazy that Samantha was like, I'll just get into this car that I just... Like, it's I like, know. aren't you afraid it's going to blow up? But this is the thing. This is why I'm like, she knew what she was doing. Because yeah. I was like, oh, you getting in the car then makes it feel like, oh, well, I couldn't have possibly known. Why would I be here? So she knew what she was doing, just enough to make the car smoke. And so then they have to pull over and Katie calls Ryan, the mechanic, bestie. And so they go to take it to Ryan and it's like, okay, but Ryan's a mechanic. Isn't he going to just be like, uh, yeah, this cord got cut? Well, that's what I thought. Because when they go to his shop, he opens, he's like, all right, radiator hose is busted. It's not a big fix, but definitely important. No, you yeah. should know that that was cut. Forcibly with, with a scissors. Sharp. Right. Yeah. And and we're not talking like cut, like, oh, maybe like a rodent got in there and bit it. Like it's exactly. like no, it was cut with a with scissors. Clipped in half cleanly. And I said, okay, Ryan, you're not very bright. <laughs> but while they're at the auto shop, Katie and Ryan are talking. That's all. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. like two people who have known each other for 25 years. They're having a chit chat. And what happens? Katie stands a little far away behind a car and she takes a picture of them. Yeah, And of course, she knows how to frame this to make it look like they're up to something. And it's just like, okay, Katie, this is what I mean. I'm just like, I don't know. I think there would have been, there are just other easier ways to... Sabotage? Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's just too easy for Ryan. Because like, if when he's caught out, Ryan's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, I don't know. But anyway, so then we cut to a pool party hang with the teens, okay? We've got Tommy, Lauren, Milo, and Ryan's son, who also plays soccer. This gave me real PTSD. Oh, being invited to a pool party in high school. I did not know that life, you know, and I am really glad I didn't because I didn't want to wear a bathing suit around anyone for years. But like all these gals and guys, six packs. I know. And they're doing something very silly where it's like, you know, see who can hold their breath the longest underwater. Mm -hmm. So it's time for Lauren and Sam, Samantha to do it. And they go under, and then Samantha just holds Lauren's leg yeah. to stop her from coming back up for air. And so I was literally like, what are you doing? I was like, she's, I'm like, you're going to kill her in front of everybody? I know. I was, like, I was like, what is, like, what's the drama of this? And then she finally lets her go, and Lauren's like, <laughs> what was that? What was what? You were holding my leg, and I couldn't breathe. 
What are you talking about? And the boys are like, we couldn't see anything. You were underwater. It's like, I think you could see. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty obvious. Or like Sam could have also been like, I wanted us to beat the boys. You know, like she could have even like said a way that like she was holding it. So they like, oh, I just like saw that you were going up and I want it. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. I I guess what Samantha's doing is trying to be like, I can kill you if I want to. I guess just let her know. Well, that's the thing. You know, Lauren is in her sights because Samantha, at the very least, wants to be the only daughter, probably the only child. But she's got to start with taking down little Blondie. Mm-hmm. But after that moment, we see Ryan and Katie are in the kitchen talking and Ryan's like, Check that out. Oh, my gosh. Is this from the River Run? Festival? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And Samantha takes another picture of them. She's building her case. But it's just so funny because, like, if I saw these pictures, I'd be like, why are you constantly okay. shooting They're... like you're in a long lens? Like, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Of two people talking. Style. <laughs> I know. I was like, it'd be different if she got them, like, touching or Katie looking up at Ryan. Like, there are ways you could have had them look that would have been more believable than just talking next to each other. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So the family is having dinner that night and Samantha, I think pretty innocently. Now, this is on the heels of her trying to suffocate her or drown her, (laughs) but pretty innocently teases Lauren about Lauren having a crush on Milo. Tommy, you should invite Milo again. I'm sure Lauren would love that. Lauren likes Milo. Lauren likes Milo. No, I don't. And Lauren, like, storms out. She gets very upset. And Katie's like, you need to apologize. And it's like, Katie, you need to stop babying Lauren. (laughs) Well, that's also how Greg feels, because he basically, like, you know, Sam looks at him like, the fuck? And then Greg is like, eh, go ahead. You know, like, it's very clear that he's like, just do what she says. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, and that's the dad. (laughs) So it's like, if the dad is like, you need to grow up about boys, then, like, you need to, because, like, you know, the stereotypical dad thing is like, oh, come on in, son. Help me clean my gun. You know, like, those are the jokes about, like, when boys come to take daughters out, and even the dad is like, Lauren, grow up. So it's like, (laughs) Lauren, you're a baby. You're a baby. You're going right. to go to 14 colleges? Calm <laughs> down, you baby. Well, Samantha goes upstairs to quote unquote apologize, but instead, what she does is she <laughs> looks up the contact information for Heather on Katie's cell phone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Heather, who obviously she knows, she looks up her info and she also does not apologize to Lauren. And it's just funny because Lauren's like, what were you doing in there? I mean, Samantha needs to stop being in people's bedrooms. That ain't her bedroom. That would have been the first thing. It would have been like, I'm sorry, if you're going to stay in this house, you can't be out here up in this, just up in people's bedrooms getting stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's not what we do in this household. First of all. Yeah. So then that night, and this is where like, I feel like I couldn't see very clearly what happened, but basically she goes to Heather's house. Yeah. And then we see Sam carry out a large black duffel bag. So she killed her and chopped her up? Exactly. I was like, they really cut out a lot of middle ground. But what we have here is a fully murdered Heather. And Megan, I think on this, we're going to have to take a break because I did not see Heather being put in a bag on the bingo card. I'll tell you that right now. And we just got to get it together. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so we're back. Heather's in a duffel bag. We still don't know why. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, what Absolutely. did they go to high school together? Did Were they friends? Did they have a falling out? All we know is that Samantha has terrorized Heather in some way. And now yep. Heather is in a bag. Yep. And so now it's the next morning. That's what's so funny in these movies, too. It's like, it's just that easy to kill someone and cut them up and drag their dead weight around and dispose of their body. Wow. <laughs> Fast. Oh, my God. Do you remember like the one where it was like a geriatric woman who yes. fully killed somebody and buried them? And I'm like. Ma'am, you have rheumatoid arthritis if you got anything. Like, we couldn't do that. (laughs) I don't think you and I could kill someone and pick up their body together. Absolutely. Absolutely not. (laughs) So it's the next morning. It's the parents' anniversary. And we know that because all three children bring their parents breakfast in bed. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. And this is when I'm like, no, I am against this family. This is fully insane. I have parents that are still married. Have I ever in my life brought them anything for their anniversary, let alone in bed? Anniversary (laughs) is like jokingly like the time when old married couples maybe have sex. I'm not going anywhere near my parents' bed, okay? (laughs) You sickos. Well, they end up, they're having a hotel night. And they're seeing a concert. You know, they're doing that thing when you live in the suburbs and you're like, we're going to the city for a show. So we have to spend the night, you know? A staycation. What concert do you think they're seeing? I have a theory. Oh, God. ACDC. Oh, wow. Okay. I think they're seeing like a Michael Buble. Okay. Yeah, honestly, you're correct. I This was the first band I thought of was ACDC. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Um, I was like, I was like, they're white. They're of a certain age. ACDC. No, that's, know. no, that's like a, yeah, I could, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a Guns N' Roses. Well, I was trying to think of like an 80s band they would go see. You know what I mean? Like something from like their youth where they're that like. That they're like, we're going to get, we're going to get messed up and stay downtown. Yeah. But as Katie is leaving, before she leaves, she like opens her little jewelry box where there would be a stack of photos for some reason. And she realizes the photos are missing from her box in the bedroom, but there's really no time to deal with that because they got to get, get a moving, right? And then as soon as the parents leave, Samantha's like, so I think I'm going to tell a few friends to swing by. You should invite Milo. Well, cut to this party that's packed. There are people here who are clearly not high school students. Samantha's like, I'm going to invite some friends over. I go, what friends? This is where I'm like, girl, where are you from? Who do you there. know? She's there. <laughs> she lives a street over. <laughs> this whole time. This whole time. <laughs> yeah, this party, you know, it's giving Mean Girls. It's giving Riverdale. It, uh-huh. You know, it's giving 10 Things I Hate About You. It's like a classic high school party that like got out of hand. Yes, yes, yes. And Lauren's sitting in a chair by herself looking really uncomfortable. <laughs> 
course. Lord, bless her heart. She's so sweet. She's She's not, though. She's not even a nice person. (laughs) No, she tries to be really nice. She's very nice. She's just saccharine and boring. Like, she would be nice to the new kid on the first day of school. But then by week two, you'd be like, I'm not talking to her anymore. I actually have friends now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And I guess part of, like, being nice is reading social cues and being like, you're annoying. (laughs) Okay, so this is, uh, oh boy, I'm going to oh, let you like take this, this one. Oh, because oh great. Thanks, this is, when, uh, great. this is when I do have to kind of turn on Samantha and my hunk, Milo. Oh, my God. So basically, Samantha then has this moment where she plays both sides. She goes to both Milo and Lauren separately and are like, Okay, he told me that he wants to have some alone time with you. You know, to get to know you better. Really? Well, I mean, if he wants to talk to me, I mean, you should go to your bedroom. And then he, she goes to Milo and is like, Lauren's into you. But then Milo's like, well, I'm into you, basically, which we knew Milo like Samantha. But then here's what upsets me the most. Samantha goes, okay, well, um, maybe if you go take care of her, I'll take care of you. What? Ew. Gross. And Milo is immediately down yeah and i said and, you're gross you're gross and then it it gets worse because samantha tells milo and i'm gonna say trigger warning because this is bad she tells milo that lauren likes it rough which it's like milo <sighs> use your damn brain there's literally nothing about lauren that would signal that that is true but he's a teen boy even though he's being played by a 30 year old exactly but this is also again where again this for me Jesus Christ, Samantha. There are ways you can manipulate people without getting them sexually assaulted. Like, it's just like really... No, shit, this is bad. This is bad, okay? I'm off team, Samantha. Thank you. Okay, I'm off it. I'm off it. And there's a way that I could blame Greg for this, but I will not. (laughs) So they go upstairs, they're kissing, and... I would say, luckily for the film, it doesn't, like, advance, like, violently. But it's... Milo is ignoring her boundaries. Right. Ignoring the words she is saying. Because this is a girl who's never kissed a boy. Exactly. You know, so even, like, I'm surprised she even went upstairs and did this. You know, like, but she thinks they're going to talk. Like, that's how truly innocent she is. And Samantha is at the bedroom door, like, filming all of this go down. taking pictures, yeah. And then Samantha calls the cops on herself. Hi, um, I'd like to file a noise complaint. I know what that what was that about? So she calls the cops and then you know cut to basically the cops are coming, everyone scatters. Yeah. The parents come home. So they didn't get their hotel night. I think she wanted to ruin Katie and Greg's night. And then I also think she wanted to get the kids in trouble. Because, like, at first, I was like, maybe she was just tired. You know, she is an elder. (laughs) She's like, I'm ready to get these teens out of here and go to bed. She's like, I want to smoke a joint in my room. I got to get the kids out. But, yeah, she's just trying to ruin everyone's, like, fun. And it's like, you could have just, like, poisoned their toast you brought them this morning, you know? Well, but then what's crazy to me, though, and here's the thing, because Katie's like, Samantha, we trusted you. We left you in charge. How could you let this happen? Wait, me? It wasn't my idea. Lauren's the one that wanted to have a party. And it's like, again, how are you pinning everything on the virginal 12 college yeah. application, one of the two of them? We need right. to be blaming Tommy for some of this stuff, okay? It don't make no sense. Yeah, and Tommy just stands there. Tommy, and this is why I said that. I was like, real hero, real villain. These villains, Greg, Tommy. Because during all this, Tommy don't say a word, honey. Yeah. Tommy said, well, I'm just going to leave it be. Even though it's like, you were right there 
when Samantha said, let's have a party, you said, I'm into it. And also, like, Greg is so mad at Katie when she blames Samantha. Katie, they're teenagers. This is what teenagers do. We can't blame it all on Sam. And again, this is to me, because I think what you start to get to is that because Greg is this busy, fancy surgeon, he's rarely home. Because right. to me, if he knew his daughter Lauren at all, he would agree with Katie. He'd know that Lauren yeah. did not do this. Exactly. But he don't know nobody. So it's like he comes home and he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I actually, Naomi, this is crazy. I love Tommy. I think oh Tommy God. is like, Tommy is just like, I'm going to let these two fight it out and I'm going to stay out of it. Like, it's like classic teen boy. He's just like, I'm in the glare. I just think it's like, Tommy feels like a genuine character. Okay. Okay. Sure. And maybe that's why I can't stand him. Real villain, teenage boy. Okay. That's how I believe. So at like the dead of the morning, Milo gets the photos and like video that Samantha was taking while him and Lauren were, I guess, hooking up. Yeah. From an unknown number. So he doesn't know that it was Samantha who was filming. Okay. And so then at school, Milo is talking an amount of shit. Like he is rubbing it in Tommy's face. Yo, none of us buy that innocent act anymore. She's a freak. She likes it rough. So now I like hate Milo. Right. And then Tommy, okay, redeeming, punches Milo. Right. But how does he punch her? What at the urging of Samantha, who's also standing there? So this is like after school energy, midday. And I, then and then he's like, you're going to let him talk about her like that? And then Tommy goes over, punches him. And then Samantha goes and gets the security guard. And it's like, these boys are fighting. Security guard, why are you letting a 25-year-old woman just be on the school's campus? This is what I want to know. Why is Sam's college ass hanging around the high school? Like, this is what I'm not getting. I'm like, if I was on break or took a semester off from college, I would not go and hang out outside of my half-siblings' high school. And even if you wanted to, you're not allowed to. And this isn't a movie from like 2010. This is 2020. We know that schools have security and lockdown. And you can't just have a random person be like hanging around. So yeah. security guard, you're fired. I know. I know. I did. But I couldn't. I was like, why are you hanging out here? That's what I mean. It's like, Tommy, everybody just acting like it's normal. I would be like, why is the weird only because she's a woman. Because, like, if it was a dude, if it was a college dude hanging around, you'd be like, who's that creeper? Yeah. You would. But because it's a woman, people are just like, all right, I guess she's hanging. But anyway, they get home and, you know, Tommy has been suspended for punching Milo. Lauren is, like, crying and sad <laughs> and, you know, like, runs to her room. And then, basically, mom finds out. You know, mom, the therapist, she does know how to talk to her kids. She gets the tea. And I like, she was with Tommy where she's like, I'm glad you defended your sister, but you're still grounded. And yeah. I'm like, exactly. It's like, he's not in big trouble, but like, just don't go punching people. You got to be cool about it. And so she's like, you're, you know, so it's like very chill. And then when Greg gets home, Katie has a chat with him and he's as dumb as ever. Listen to this. I think there's something wrong with Samantha. What are you talking about? You know, that party wasn't Lauren's idea. Lauren said it was her idea. Why are you trying to make it Sam's fault? I'm not trying to make it Sam's fault. It's the truth. It's not like they threw some rager. They did throw a rager. She bought them alcohol. Katie, I think you're overreacting. I'm overreacting? Did you know that Lauren almost got raped? What? Yeah. And guess who set that up to happen? Samantha. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can you even hear yourself right now? Greg, I think you're so wrapped up in trying to get Samantha to like you that you're not actually parenting her. Please don't tell me how to talk to my daughter. I mean... I do think it's 
weird that for Katie being a therapist, her diagnosis is, I think there's something wrong with Samantha. <laughs> like, it's like, I, that, okay, but can we get clinical? Can we, and like, I know she's not her patient, so she's not going to do that, but it's like, yeah, Katie, there's obviously something wrong with Samantha. <laughs> like, yeah, nailed that one. But like, right. do we have a path forward? Do we have like, are there plans? What are we going to do about it? Right, right. Well, then the next morning, honey, we're talking about what are we going to do about it? We see a news report about Heather being missing and the search continues. And then you cut to Katie calling Heather's phone, being like, I haven't heard from you. Where are you? She hasn't shown up. The search continues. And yet for some reason, her therapist has no knowledge of her missing. (laughs) It's on the news, Katie. (laughs) It's on the news. And what also made me angry is when I saw this news report, I was like, why didn't I get to play the reporter? (laughs) <laughs> I like she's like and the search for a local woman Heather Hapadu still continues and I'm like that could have been me. Also, can we talk about how we love that the news anchor is clearly just like a woman in front of a green screen wearing a yes. cardigan? Yeah. Like I was like if this is not a PA, they just had yeah. read a cue card. I don't know who this is. It was too good. I was like is she wearing a sweater? <laughs> I was like news anchors don't wear sweaters. Katie goes to Ryan to talk because Greg's behind has to go back to work. I guess somebody needs brain surgery, emergency brain surgery. He's constantly being called away. Okay, so who does she emotionally lean on? Ryan. Yeah. So maybe there, maybe Samantha did see something between them. I'm going to say <laughs> if Greg wanted to stay at home, because you got the sense that they were a good couple before Samantha. And they did seem to get along. How did I get so lucky? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, he's saying stuff to her in that opening scene that I'm like, CJ, come in here and watch this. (laughs) When Greg comes home, because I guess the surgery got out early, um, Sam shows... (laughs) He said, ah, he died. (laughs) He's like, I'm dead. Couldn't save him. I'm home. Sam shows Greg some of these pictures that she has been taking. And I think that Katie went to go see Ryan. They're pretty close, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, they have a long history. Yeah, they hang out a lot. He just comes over all the time when you're not around. What do you mean? He just comes over, not to drop off Trevor or anything. They hang out, they hug a lot, like when they're laughing and stuff. And she actually goes over to his place a lot, too. I can tell they're super close. Yeah. When did Katie say she'd be back? Uh, she didn't, but I think she left like an hour ago. I'm gonna go for a run. Bye, Daddy. Bye, sweetie. And Greg buys it 100%. Hook, line, and stinker. Okay. I mean, he said, this bitch, <laughs> this this horrible I, wife I have. I like imagine. the turn is fast, and there's no incriminating photos. Thank you. That's like what's so crazy. If I was Greg, I'd be like, "Why did you take all of these?" <laughs> like I would ask Samantha why she took photographs. Oh in the my first place. gosh! Oh my god! It was so funny. Like he just was so quick to believe it. He immediately like starts calling Katie's phone nonstop, and is so mad when she doesn't answer, and it's like. First of all, she got a job just like you. So why are you tripping if she ain't answering? And then he drives to Ryan's mechanic shop and he sees Katie and Ryan hugging and immediately is like, well, what did I just walk in on? They might as well be having sexual intercourse. I was like literally fully clothed hugging between friends of 25 years. In a business. In a business. Lights on, windows on, anybody can walk in. There has not been any like, 
well, Katie cheated on me once, or yes, Katie has exactly. a wandering eye, or exactly. Katie and Ryan used to date. Like, there's no history. I know, I know. So this is what I'm saying. This you I see the extent to which Greg is so dumb, and I and this is what I said. If he was my surgeon, I would be terrified. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, this man is dumb as bricks. I can't understand yeah. a word out of his mouth. I say, if he walked into my operating room, I would be like, nope, I'm fine. And I would get right up. Okay. I'm not counting backwards from 10 around him. Yeah. He's like Dr. Doolittle, where it's like he would come in, the scalpel would be backwards, and he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd be like, um, uh, I bet he operates on the wrong leg all the time. You know, he's like, oh, L is for left. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, things really escalate. You know, the next morning when Katie is begrudgingly serving Sam breakfast, pancakes and bacon, my favorite combination of sweet and salty. Oh, yeah, because then you get syrup on both of them. Yes. Oh, my God. Pancakes and bacon are the greatest combination ever. Does Sam deserve this breakfast? Absolutely not. (laughs) But while she's serving her breakfast, and then there's another news report from the TV that is gilded in the middle of the wall. And this time it says Heather has been found in a park. With stab wounds, multiple, naturally. She did. She did. And basically, Katie, like, watches this and then, like, looks over at Samantha. Because it's like, well, she crazy and Heather was scared of her, so let's put it together. And Sam does nothing to help herself because she basically just holds the plate out and then drops it on the slate floor and then yells, Oh, my God, Katie, why are you yelling at me? It was just an accident. What? Psycho. And then Katie's like, I'm like, that. this is why I stayed Team Claire Coffee, okay? Because this girl came into your house and just decided to terrorize you. She is terrorizing her. And then no matter what she says, Greg is just like, I believe her. And I'm like, you don't know Samantha. If anything, you know, as you put it, Megan, she was raised by a kook. Yeah. So at the very least, she has not had good modeling let alone what was inherited. And everything out of Samantha's mouth, you believe. Greg, you a fool. So then she's like, let's go running. Let's go running, Tommy. And then Katie, rightfully so, was like, Tommy, don't go running. (laughs) Because Katie knows Sam crazy. She knows Sam crazy. She said, don't go in the woods with her. I know. And so then they run in the woods, which Naomi and I are steadfastly against because it involves running and the woods. And she pushes him down, but it's like, I, I I know it's supposed to be like a hill that he could get injured on. She pushes him like, it's I like know, not I even know. a ditch. I know, I know. It's a low slope, a very low slope. And next we see Tommy in the hospital and it's like, I'm sorry, Katie, you've raised some weak ass children. This is not <laughs> hospital needed. All right, Tommy, grow. you play soccer. And also, why did she push him down the hill? Like Tommy was the one who was on her side. He's a co-conspirator. Thank you. He's the last person you need to be pushing. Because she pushed him down and then he's like, Help me. Don't leave me. My leg is broken. And she's like, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> like, she just it, turns away. <laughs> she's like, your leg is not broken. Like, she's grow like, up. So, oh. But I just felt like, again, you took it too far when you pushed Tommy. Because yeah. Tommy, he was your one friend. He was your one ally. And you know what? They have a conversation in the hospital. Listen to this. Tommy went running with Samantha and she pushed him down a hill. What? That's what Tommy said, and I believe him. Greg, she did it on purpose. No, she didn't. Greg, Tommy fell down the hill, and she didn't even call me. She walked all the way home first. Maybe her cell wasn't working, or people get scared, and maybe she wasn't thinking clearly. She wasn't scared, okay? She just left him there, alone. What kind of person does that? 
People panic, Katie. We don't know what was going through her head. You're right. I don't know what's going through her head. I just know that from the minute she got here, everything's gone wild, and that's not a coincidence. I think that you're trying to make her out to be the bad guy because you never wanted her here in the first place. Wow. I never realized what little you thought of me. It's not that I think little of you, Katie. It's just that you don't know what her mother was like. She's led a rough life, and this is the first time she's ever had any real family. Greg, she's dangerous to herself and to others. And until you're willing to let me get her a psyche valve, I can't have my children in the same house as her. So Katie's like, she, I want her to get a psyche valve. That's what she wants. She says in this moment, she's like, I want her to have a psyche valve. Get her out of the house, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Change the locks, honey. Or, you know what I wanted? I wanted, like, a research montage where you just, like, see, like, a microfiche of a newspaper clipping that's, like, you know, local girl let out of institution. Yes. Local yes. girl kills her classmates. Like, I wanted one of those <laughs> to kind of just, like, clarify. Yes. I mean, because it's, like, I don't even think this is confirmed at any point. It's, like, she definitely killed her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. She burned out in the house. So, it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's let's th throw, oh, it is. Okay. Throw that clipping in there. Exactly. That's what I want. But of course, Greg is just like, you just are blaming things on Sam because you never wanted her to come here. And it's like, first of all, Katie is a therapist who's excited and out here making pancakes and bacon for this girl who don't respect her. So I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So they check out of the hospital. Katie goes to Sam's room. And I said, good, turn the tables because Sam loves being up in your room. Okay. And she finds basically all those pictures <laughs> that Sam had taken. She created a, come on, lifetime bingo. What do we got? Obsession collage. There's an obsession collage in the closet wall. But who's it to? Her own father. Yeah. <laughs> but what else do we see? What else do we see there? We see a cell phone with a giant bedazzled H on the back. For Heather. Heather. Okay. And she sees that. I said, I love it. Because let me tell you what she do. Because I said, girl, you better take some pictures. And what does she do? She takes some pictures. She takes out her cell phone. Katie takes pictures of the whole thing, saying, yeah. Exhibit A. I said, thank you. And she <laughs> says, Lauren, she goes, Lauren, pack a bag. We're leaving. Yeah, and it's like, you got to get Lauren out of there. Lauren wouldn't survive a day lost at Disneyland. <laughs> so it's like, she's, I'm surprised Lauren hasn't been in the hospital since day one. So it's oh. like, pack a bag. We're leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving. I love and it. And then she gets to the car. She realizes that she doesn't have her keys. And then Sam pops up with the keys. Very get out. Again, this is the yes. second get out reference. Yes, yes, yes. Real get out. Just kind of dangling them. She's like, you're looking for that. She's Look got the keys. keys. And you know what's behind her back? A crowbar. Now, why do they have a crowbar? Is she a freaking wet bandit? Why, <laughs> what is going on? We just have crowbars laying around this, like, mansion? I know, I know. And, and like, Katie tries to play off. She's like, uh, I'm just gonna take the kids out of town for a couple days. Uh, just let Tommy recuperate. And you can have some one-on-one -on -one time with your dad. I said, okay, Katie, I see what you're playing Play the at. Game. I'm into it. And then Sam is like, I'm not dumb, which is like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess not. I guess you do go to Brown. And she <laughs> hits Katie across the head with that crowbar. Oh, we got a head bonk. Head bonk. Puts her in the trunk. Of her own car. She's about to drive off when then Ryan comes up. Ryan drives up behind him. And like, Sam is like kind of almost fooled him. But then Katie, she's not done, okay? She's like, Katie's a fighter. Rrr, rrr. She's like hitting the trunk of the car. She's trying to get out. 
Ryan hears that and he like turns ready to see what's up. And Sam sprays him with pepper spray, which gets him down on his knees. And then she beats him with the crowbar to death. To, to death. death. All right. And that's a painful death. That's real bad. At first, I thought she stabbed him to death because there was that much blood. I know. No. I was like, and also like hitting him with the crowbar. It was just like wild. And I just felt like. No. Yeah. I was like, I don't really like this. The man of color beaten by this. No. And and now we've got another serial killer on our hands. Well, hello. But then here's a fun moment. By fun, I mean unexpected. Lauren sees this happen from an upstairs window. She's not going to be able to come back from this. And Lauren, she goes and gets Tommy. She's like, Tommy! She's like, Sam just killed Ryan. We gotta go. <laughs> she's like, she's like, let's hide in the bathroom. Oh, no. They like, you know, and remember, Tommy's got a broken leg, honey. He's hobbling oh, upstairs. No. They get him in the bathroom somehow. I mean, Lauren has kissed a boy and seen a man beaten to death in the same week. Now we know <laughs> what her college essay is going to be about. <laughs> Maggie, you still got it, girl. You still got it. Ain't that the truth? But then you also hear them as like, did you call the cops? So you get the sense that like Lauren and Tommy have called the cops. Yes. And they're hiding. And then Sam like has a giant, a of course, knife. knife. Butcher yeah. knife. Uh, Lifetime bingo. I don't have a knife anywhere near as big as the people in Lifetime movies have in their butcher blocks. I couldn't yeah. kill anyone with my Ikea knives. They make it seem like she got a crowbar out of the butcher knife, too. It's like, listen, <laughs> we've got a TV with molding. We've got sharp knives and we've got a crowbar in the kitchen. <laughs> And so she's, like, stabbing the door with the knife, like, come out, come out, you know. And then Katie, meanwhile, gets out of the trunk of the car. Bless. We stand a survival queen. And do you think that's, like, a Mercedes feature, that there's, like, a inside button? Well, you know about the tab inside, right? Yeah, I do. So, you know, this car has a tab. And I think it's, like, cars after 2002. And you can punch out the light and, like, stick your hand out. Didn't someone yes. get found that way, too? Yes, you can get some attention that way. Oh, gosh. I know. So then she gets out and she goes back in the house and she's got the crowbar. And then Katie has a showdown with Samantha. And I got to tell you, Katie is way too rational for me after what she's been through. Listen to this. Samantha, put down the knife. We can work this out. There's nothing to work out. My mother kept me from the only person who ever cared about me. So you have to be eliminated just like her. I'm sorry she did that to you. You deserve better than that. We're not trying to keep you from Greg. We want you to be a part of this family. You don't care about me. I know that I'm messing up your perfect little world. And you know, I used to come here every summer and I would watch you. That should have been my life. You stole it from me. Samantha, listen. We can fix this. Okay, uh, I need you to know that during this conversation, Samantha's face is splattered with Ryan's blood and she is waving a huge knife yeah. around. And Katie not only is being rational in her speaking, but she's being irrational in her body movements because she puts down the crowbar, her weapon, and is Hello. walking towards Samantha. Walking towards the knife, which of course Samantha uses to stab Katie in the gut. <gasps> oh my God, y'all. I mean, I did not see that coming. Because the way the movie was going, I almost did. I was like, wait, is this going to be one of those where like Samantha gets everything she wants? And then she, she stabs Katie. Because I'm like, Katie, what you doing walking towards her, you fool? And <sighs> just as she stabs Katie in the gut, Greg walks in. And I'm going to tell you, Megan, we said this was an elevated film. Where was Greg's reaction? He walks in dead-eyed. He's just like, Samantha, what are you doing? 
Samantha, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he gets a yeah. cue to walk in the room and then he just walks in and goes, what are you doing? I was livid. I was livid. Uh, and then Samantha goes, I did this for you. It's like, what? And then we start to hear the police sirens. Finally, a woman's already been stabbed in the gut. You're not on time. And Samantha is immediately like, you called the cops on me? Daddy? Daddy, you betrayed me. And she's about to stab Greg. And in one last burst of energy, okay, gut stabbed Katie, hits Samantha over the head with a vase and knocks her out. I said, Katie, Katie is stronger than Mike Myers. She is superhuman. She got stabbed in the gut, got up and knocked somebody out. She got bonked in the head with a crowbar, put in her own trunk, got out, and then stabbed in the gut and yeah. is still able to kill her stepdaughter. You tell wow. me you ain't team Katie. You telling me Katie ain't it. Claire Coffee is a survivor. Because we cut to six months later, mm-hmm. the family is in some sort of field that maybe Monet painted. <laughs> And they are lounging. As Naomi wrote in our notes, Katie's in a bathing suit. No idea why. Not a body of water to be seen. Not a pool. Not a pond. Not even a cup. Nothing, honey. She's a, But she does have... She's giving us a 50s look, right? Because she's got this yeah. cute bathing suit, the sunglasses, and the hat. I love the hat. I know. I love a big hat. It's, like, really stylish. And meanwhile, this is happening. The kids are, like playing catch i'm like lauren and tommy you're like 17 i don't even right understand. you'd be fighting you'd be on your phones and you'd be kicking each other exactly you'd be sitting on your phone but they're you know we're getting this sort of norman rockwell final final the moment vibe. but then also i'm sorry but then and then greg is like then he starts kind of in an echo of the f- opening scene at breakfast where he's like just thinking about how lucky i am i have a wife that's so wonderful and forgiving and Beautiful. I go on. And smart. Mm-hmm. And kind. And the bravest person. And they kiss. And I've never been angry to see two people kiss. I said, if I was Katie, I would have divorced Greg's dumb ass in a heartbeat. Wow. You telling me this man who was, first of all, too, he accused you of cheating. Yes. He was too dumb to realize he was being manipulated. Turned on both of his children. Turned on his children. He ignored you when you said something is wrong. He let it get to the point where you were stabbed in the stomach. Lives next to his boss. Girl, I'll be like, I'm sorry. I'm going to take my bathing suit, my big hat, and I'm going to go to Turks and Caicos without you. Okay? Greg should be done. Now, also, this is the end of our motion picture, but I have a question. What about Heather? We never found out how Heather and Samantha knew each other. Samantha does say... In that scene, you know, where she's having the showdown with Katie, Samantha says, like, I used to come here every summer and watch you. So, again, they plant a seed. Then it's like, what? Did she come and stay with Heather? Did she steal Heather's identity? Like, what was it? We know she was obviously in this town. And because Greg abandoned her, he wouldn't have recognized her if he saw her in the street. And so she would come there and watch the family. Okay, And then I guess that's it. And then somehow she crossed paths with Heather, did something that she needed to kill Heather over. All right, what? Yeah, I'm also, we're wondering where is Heather? I'm saying, where is Samantha? I'm with you. You know that I love a final beat in a prison cell. I know. That is what I love where they're, you know, she's making a new collage. Yes, I want her calling like her prison psychiatrist daddy. You know, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what I'm, you know, she's like Milo's there visiting her. Something where it's like, (laughs) because it's just like, 
First of all, Katie survived a stab wound to the stomach. I didn't know that was possible. And mm-hmm. Katie is 90 pounds soaking wet. Exactly. So it's like, well, that went into organs. All right. Exactly. There was not a sandwich in there. That uh-huh. was gut. Yep. And Samantha, we don't we don't know where she is. She's probably TAing at Brown. <laughs> you think she got off on a technicality and she's like, I'm back? Yeah. Well, oh my God. Well, Lord knows, speaking of Brown, next week's movie, we got another student. We got another journey, you guys. Next week, we will be talking about the movie Her Stolen Past. When Johns Hopkins medical student Sonia Daniels... Great school. Great school. ...hears news of her mother's mysterious murder, she returns home determined to catch the killer. But when Sonia finds the birth certificate of a kidnapped child in her mother's things, she reveals an unsettling truth about her mother's past. Wow. Okay, okay, we're in a college moment, okay? We're seeing these college students just like murder, be murdered, be victimized. Solve crimes. Solve crimes, a lot. All while going to medical school. Like, if anybody needs a semester off, it sounds like it's Sonia, not Samantha. Absolutely. You can watch this on Lifetime Movie Club with your existing Lifetime Movie Club subscription that I'm sure you have by now. Or if you don't, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash podcast, get that free seven-day trial Watch this movie because we're going to get into it. I'm going to tell you that right now. And also, quite frankly, I will say the Lifetime Movie Club, $3.99 well spent. You watch two movies in a month, paid for itself. Paid for itself. $3.99? Are you kidding me? You watch half a movie paid for itself. I mean, so just get into it because we are going to talk about a stolen past next week. We'll see you then. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm. That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq invesco qqq is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years basketball has had innovations over the years too we're seeing the game played in new ways every day Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.